Ah, welcome to Fishing Without Bait, a lifetime without definitive expectations. Whether you've got here on purpose or by accident, welcome aboard. There's no admission fee, only the honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness to try. And if you have a few pixie dust sprinkles of those, you're on your way. Welcome aboard and let the adventure begin. My name is Jim Ellermeyer. I'm a behavioral health therapist, and today we're joined once again by our good friend and contributor to this program and courageous young lady, Miss Katie. Hi, thanks for having me back. Uh, Miss Katie, for those who have had the misfortune not to look at our previous podcasts or hear them, perhaps you could give a uh, recap of where you were at and how you're here. We've been discussing my adventure with cancer. <laughs> I was uh, back on Christmas Eve 2019. I was diagnosed with 2B breast cancer. So it was in the breast and lymph nodes. I did the um, whole bilateral mastectomy, radiation, chemo, wanted the whole experience. And uh, we talked like right afterwards and a year or so out and kind of updating everyone on my adventures. <laughs> Life is a series of continuous change. And it's how do these changes affect us and our view and perspective of life, Katie. Uh, on this show and in my practice, we often try to help people figure out what's important and separate beliefs from facts. So during this tumultuous time over COVID and particularly the uh, zeitgeist, the mood of the country that it's been over the last four or five years, how has Katie changed? How has she morphed and evolved? I think my firsthand experience with the healthcare system um, of our, our healthcare system and, and like how you learn that it's such a for-profit institution. And I've been very lucky in regards to my, you know, what I've gone through and the way, you know, I've been able to pay for things. But, um, you know, you join young adult cancer groups and you see that not everybody's experience is the same and not everybody, you know, they're dealing with the follow-up phone calls and trying to get the insurance companies to cover tests that or even procedures and in, in losing, I think one of the worst things has been like losing friends because either their insurance company was like, we can't approve this particular treatment or this test. I think that's been the biggest thing I think I've, I've had a front row seat for. Losing friends, meaning for those who aren't catching on. Have passed away and, mm. and how frustrating and, and like not even being right there, but just being a friend on the outside and watching it happen and listening to them in support groups and listening to them say, you know, I need this, but my insurance company won't approve this or it's, or I can't afford this. Like that, <laughs> I just, I can't even imagine like, but there's nothing you can do at certain points because it's such an outrageous amount of money to take care of cancer. Well, that's the first problem, the outrageous amount of money. And what we try to point out to people is that the United States is the only industrialized country in the Western world that does not have this dirty word that people like to use, socialized medicine. It's it's unreal because it's it's to see and like everyone's been touched by it. Like I, that's the thing that blows my mind with a lot of, especially in the cancer world, you know, somebody who's gone through this, like you are one degree away from somebody who's gone through some sort of cancer battle and to not hear what they're saying when they're saying, you know what, this is very expensive. This is something, um, another thing for me personally, 
the rest of my life will probably be impacted at some point by cancer still, even if I if I if I, I'm considered no evidence of disease, so that means pretty much hopefully it's gone. Um, but like that it could reappear. So that impacts like what jobs I take because now I have to go, well, most of my health care is through this particular system. I want a company that works with the system. So it, it, this is like these things I have to think about going forward as opposed to just saying, you know, what, I really want to, I'd love to work for this, to have this job, but I have to be like, okay, what's the healthcare like? Do I disclose that I had cancer to my future employer? Because if depending on, you know, how they feel about it, there's ways to get around, you know what? if it's a small business, I'm going to drive up their prices for their health insurance because I need a lot more care than somebody who's that's perfectly healthy and maybe doesn't need to see a doctor every two to three weeks where I'm at a doctor's, you know, all the time still. <laughs> it's been almost two years I've been out and I still see multiple doctors a month. Again, we go back to that dirty word of socialized medicine. So what is socialized, how would socialized medicine have affected you and particularly your friends that have crossed over. I think so. I ended up, I, I actually very much lucked out when I say with my care is I qualified for Medicaid because I was laid off right before I was diagnosed and the way things fell, that worked out really well for me. And uh, because I wasn't working for an employer, it's, it's really nice in the state of Pennsylvania with breast cancer, at least. Um, I should probably explain that. Um, there's an opportunity for me to qualify for Medicaid as long as I need treatments. Those could be additional surgeries in the future. It could be some sort of, you know, medication. Um, but as long as my employer doesn't offer me health care, I can still qualify for Medicaid because I was diagnosed with breast cancer in the state of Pennsylvania. But like the friends that they had full-time jobs that offered them health care, they didn't qualify for Medicaid. So things went were expensive or maybe they needed, I know one in particular, she had, it was almost an experiment. It was an experimental because we need, you know, you do these trials and her doctor or her insurance company was like, no, we're not, you know, there's not enough information. So it's just, ugh, it just, it, it's so frustrating to be in just, and I like to tell my story because like I said, I'm very lucky in that regard, but a lot of my friends were not, are not. And, and then you start to choose between, do I get a job with, you know, and, essentially pay work to pay for my insurance or, or you know, your health care. It's, it's just, it's wild. It's just too much thought. <laughs> Nothing gets real until it comes into your living room. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, and you think it's just one little thing. And then it's like, even just us talking about it now, I'm like, yes, this is one thing I have to think about, but there's also this, but also this. And like, meanwhile, you're supposed to be just focusing on getting better, but you can't because there's too many factors outside of that. So there's three defense mechanisms that people use and one is avoidance the other is justification and the other is denial katie and it's well we're just going to avoid the conversation about universal health care we're going to deny that all these problems are that serious and we're going to justify our way of doing things because it hasn't affected my life I just don't know how folks can just look and, and think like, you know what, this is this is going to take away from something else. If this money goes towards universal health care, this is going to take away from X, which is they don't understand. Like without your health, X doesn't matter because you can't 
continue living the life that you're living if something happens and then suddenly it all goes to heck. Yes, there's a lot of fine words being spoken with little little action behind them. Thoreau, when he wrote Civil Disobedience, talked about for every thousand people who claim to be virtuous, there's one virtuous person. I believe it. <laughs> it's it's unreal, like I said, especially in the cancer world, just to see it and just to see folks who say, uh, you know, whatever you need or I'm there for you or I'm your biggest cheerleader and, and this and that. And meanwhile, they're, you know, voting for things that are going to hurt you. Well, it's words do mean something, but words also can just be a way to avoid, oh, we're so sorry for you. If there's anything we can do to help, please let us know and Please forget our phone number. Yeah. It, you say, you learn that people will say things to make themselves feel better. And I can't even tell you how many times I've had to comfort other people when they find out. And you're, and then you're like, okay, this is super awkward. You're supposed to be taking care. <laughs> like you're supposed to. I'm the one with the issue. Why am I comforting you? Well, that's one of the most invalidating things that another human being. To say to another person, I know how you feel. That's one of the most invalidating, disrespectful things another human being can say to another, Katie, because no one knows how anybody feels. It's true. It's it's so hard. And like that's, I understand. But a lot of times it's like, oh, I know what you mean, or I know how you feel. Uh, my grandfather had cancer and they died. You're like, wait, no, what? <laughs> it's not the same thing. Well, we always look at intention and their intentions may be good, but then when they say that, they're making it about themselves. Mm-hmm. Oh, how, how bad I felt. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, uh, and we talk about tough subjects on this podcast and try to bring things to light. And when people claim to be Christians and when I explain to them that Jesus's message was based on love, compassion, and forgiveness. And if that is not part of their life and part of their attributes, then they may want to re-examine their identity and how they label themselves. Yeah. it's. It, I, have, I, have, I have a very awkward relationship with religion because of things that people say and then their actions. Well, how has that changed your attitude and how you have determined what's important in Katie's life. My whole cancer venture, my cancer venture. <laughs> I think uh, for me, it's the things that I focus on and I worry about now. I, I are more like what's important to me as opposed to like before where I might be like, oh, you know what? I'm going to worry about how so-and-so, what they think of me or whatever. And, um, but like really leaning into the parts of me that I really like too. like, I'm a very silly human and I am even more ridiculous now than I was before because it's like, oh, I like that. You know, and I enjoy that. And where I might've been like, oh, people might think I'm weird or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, now I'm like, nope, this is who I am. And I do a lot of, I don't want to be like, I don't know if the phrase is like living out loud, but like I, I'm, I put a lot more out there now and it's been fun for me to see friends or you know or hear from friends that are like you know what i was brave enough to do this because you were just like this is how i am this is what we're gonna do and I'm like now i am braver too and i'm like oh thanks i'm glad i could help <laughs> and helping people understand that accepting and dealing with discomfort mm -hmm. oh gosh and and 
it's it's rough because you don't want to sit in that world. You don't want to have the the rough talks or like have the you know see the see the photos and videos of you know what it's really like and it's you want to just stay over there and be like oh this is everything will be okay smiles so what's good for you is good for everyone Mm -hmm. and your positivity stretches out to other people however has has to start with you quite often we try to when I have patients, one of the first things I tell them, Katie, is that you're a spiritual being. You just happen to be having a human experience, and it's a, a meshment in this human experience that is doodling your life up. And I say, life is absurd. <laughs> and when you grasp all those three concepts fully, our work will be done. Oh, I love that. It's, <laughs> I love the life is absurd because like it's it, I, one of the, my first things when people are like, what's cancer like? Or what's it like having cancer? Annoying. I don't, it's a waste of time. Absolute waste of time. Like I could be doing so many other things and spent so much these last couple of years doing much cooler things than having to deal with it. Yes. However, you did deal with it. You dealt with what's right in front of you. Quite often what we'll suggest to people when they get overwhelmed or don't know what to do, we'll ask them to step back check the facts, what do you know for sure, and to deal with what's right in front of you. And that's all you can do because you want to do, I, I can say, especially going through cancer during COVID and a lot of the civil unrest that was bubbling up at that particular point, it was so hard because I couldn't leave the house. I was not like my, I was immunocompromised. I was not, do, you know, I, there, I couldn't be around normal people germs, let alone, you know, the whole COVID thing. And like just sitting at home watching it and how horrible that felt because I felt so powerless. Like I should be there. I should be out doing this or I should be doing this. And, you know, I'm just like trying to survive at that point. And um, but yeah, it's, it's, you really have to like. I had my grandchildren at the children's museum yesterday uh, to celebrate my grandson's birthday. And they have a kindness center, a kindness room there. And they have a uh, picture of Mr. Rogers. And when you stand in front of him, uh, it says the three, Mr. Rogers, three rules for success. Number one, be kind. Number two, be kind. And number three, be kind. You know, Mr. Rogers may not have known everything, but he knew everything that was important. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important, especially... They talk about, you know, being kind because you don't know what somebody else is dealing with behind the scenes and how many times people will be like, oh, you look fine. And it's like, no, <laughs> I'm not. I'm one I'm one inconvenience away from sobbing in a corner. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, indeed. So I know that's easy to get angry and it's easy to get outraged at the injustice that people impose upon others. Um, however, what type of recommendations, what type of encouragement and support can you give to people who have been turned down by insurance companies who can't, don't have the money to go down to UPMC and get one of the best oncologists in the country? I think the things that I have learned, at least over my experience, is um, don't be a, speak up for yourself. You have to, you have to be a self advocate. You have to self advocate for yourself. That's huge, and it's because people will dismiss what you're going through, and you have to speak up for yourself. If you're not sure how, Google it. 
like there are so many resources online where people are sharing more and more of their experiences and they might have the right combination of words to say to your insurance covered, you know, your insurance company that might help you out. There's also, um, there's a lot of programs, at least I can only like speaking Pittsburgh, um, that offer grants to help or will try to get you placed into these specific, um, you know, studies to helpfully, you know, one, it'll help the future of the cancer world and also hopefully save your life. So I think a lot of it is just like, you got to get out there for yourself and then do the research. Advocate yeah. for yourself. Mm-hmm. Be comfortable with the sound of your own voice. Yeah. We're taught to be like, be quiet, be, you know, it's like the doctors know best, like, and you know, the insurance companies oh, for your best interests. And it's not, none of these are true. Well, this is one of the things I, tell my patients, Katie, I said, people have the mistaken notion that these individuals, lawyers, doctors, they're in some type of exalted status where when you go see them that you should genuflect and say, thank you so much for seeing me. When actually they work for you, Mm -hmm. you're the one who's paying them. I am uncertain as to how that, uh, mix up occurred yeah because it's it's second opinion if you don't if it's does something doesn't sit right with you ask for a second opinion like and we're which is uncomfortable like because now you have to tell this person who has all of this experience that's supposed to know all this information that you don't think they know the answer and they're not correct and then well they're going to tell somebody else and it's just like it's this weird system and like this whole like psychological game of like trying to figure that out you know and trying to navigate that especially the first time you're like uh this isn't right it's hard well yes often people are dismissed because they don't have all the education behind them however they do know their own bodies Mm -hmm. they do know how they feel and if you go to a restaurant and you're not getting the meal that you ordered uh, why would you go back? And it's, it's in another thing, like living in this cancer world and talking and having, you know, these interactions, you learn, I'm very lucky for my skin tone that I will probably most likely my symptoms will be taken seriously because people of color will go to the doctors. And I mean, for the longest time, the books would say, well, black people have a higher pain tolerance. Or, you know, that's how they could just these horrible things that you read about and you learn about. And so like even them asking for help in the cancer world, like I think something is wrong. Well, maybe it's this and like listening to them. And one of my friends specifically who we lost was a situation like this because her symptoms weren't taken seriously when she asked. And we're going to continue our conversation with Katie on our next podcast, which we hope you will join, and our free prescription, Fruits, Nuts, and Vegetables, Unplug Your Television and Take Up Fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we suggest that you fish without bait. Do a kindness for yourself and do a kindness for another. Forgive yourself and forgive another. If none of us If we are not all God's children, none of us are God's children. Do a kindness for everyone. If you're interested in flying the colors of fishing without bait, click the shop icon on our website 
We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait.